Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And the truth. Man, she's got some dumb chapter titles, doesn't she? Like, the truth. <laughs> and then you read the chapter and it's like, oh, that's, that's the truth, is it? And it's just such a letdown. And flight. Like, she couldn't have thought of anything more exciting than flight just for them catching a flight home. Like, what a literal interpretation. The, the chapter titles are just so uninspired. So where we left off, she stopped Edward from killing himself. The Volterra were like, oh, wow, Bella, you seem so interesting because you're so impervious to all of our talents, even though, you know, Marcus could read their relationship pretty clearly. And Jasper and Alice, they're gravy. So I don't know why they're acting like she's just so unique, but she is. Anyway, they say, all right, you can leave, but you should probably turn Bella into a vampire eventually. Um, And also don't go outside because it's still daylight. So just hang out in the reception area. Oh, and then they murder like 40 different tourists. So Dimitri's just left them in the cheerfully opulent reception area and Gianna, their little human receptionist, she's just sitting there doing a little job, just, you know, accomplishing her little tasks. How much work does a receptionist for a a vampire cult really need to be doing? How many appointments are they having? (laughs) Like, why why do do they have a receptionist? They're they're not a business. (laughs) It's just so silly. And apparently Bella is going to pieces because of what, you know, she just witnessed. She didn't really witness it. She heard some screaming. She figured out that vampires eat people. Shock horror. She wants to be a vampire so bad. But when faced with the truth of vampirism, she's like, what? That's crazy. And she wants to be a vampire. And like, she knows that newborn vampires usually don't have much control. Does she think she'll just be the exception? I mean, it does turn out that she is the exception, but like, there's no basis for her hopes that she would be the exception. She could get turned into a vampire and then go and kill lots of different people. I don't know if she's considered that fully, but she's shaking, her teeth are chattering, her vision's gone blurry. And she says she heard a sound that didn't make sense, a strange ripping counterpart to the otherwise cheery background music. <laughs> so this, this Volturi reception area with, with the background elevator music, <laughs> it's just so Oh, jeez. Anyway, she can't tell where the noise is coming from. She's like, what is that horrible noise? And then, and then she realizes, oh, wait, it's me. I'm making that noise. The ripping sound was the sobs coming from my chest. 
I tell you, she's not self-aware. She doesn't even know when she's making sounds. So Edward pulls her onto his lap and starts consoling her. And she's like, oh, I knew it was stupid to react like this. And okay, why do you think it's stupid? And she says, because who knew how much time I had to look at his face? She's like, why am I wasting time not looking at his face? (sighs) She says, to have my eyes so filled with tears that I could not see his features clearly was wasteful. Insanity. (sighs) This... But she says behind her eyes, she couldn't, she couldn't shake the image of that woman with the rosary beads. <laughs> that poor nun who got caught up by Heidi's outfit <laughs> and, and got lured into, into a tour group. Uh, rest in peace to that nun. So then Gianna, the receptionist, <laughs> she says, oh, is there anything I can get you? And Bella says, it didn't seem to bother her that her face was inches from a hostile vampire. She was either totally oblivious or very good at her job. And it's like, bitch, you're also face to face with a hostile vampire. And she says to Edward, does she know what's going on here? Does she know that they're going to kill her someday? And Edward's like, yeah, she knows it's a possibility. She's hoping they'll decide to keep her. And Bella, she says, I felt the blood leave my face. (gasps) She wants to be one of them. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. And she's shuddering and she says, how can she want that? (laughs) No self-awareness. You want the exact same thing. She wants to be a vampire so freaking bad. And yet this, this receptionist chick, she wants it too. And Bella can't believe it. She's so shocked. And Edward pulls a face, which I believe is sort of him being like, is this bitch for real? She has no self-awareness, but Bella doesn't interpret it that way. She can't figure out what his facial expression means, but then she realizes, oh my God, it's so nice to stare at his face. And she thinks she only has until sunset to see his face. So she just wants to stare at him the whole time because I guess she thinks he's going to break up with her again, which, yeah, I mean, I guess he could. I guess he could. We all know he's not going to, but Bella's still under the presumption that he doesn't like her and that he actually wanted to dump her in the forest because he didn't like her anymore. To clear things up, I mean, she could, she could bring it up. She could ask him the question uh, and confront him. But nah, she just instead anxiously stares at his face, enjoying how pretty he looks. Then Edward says, oh, with any luck, we'll still be alive tomorrow. And Alice forgot that she was there. She says, oh, the outlook is quite good. As if, as if you'd listen to Alice. And Alice says, I'll see Jasper in less than 24 hours. And Bella thinks, lucky Alice, she could trust her future. What? Last chapter, when Alice showed her visions to the Volturi, she was thinking like, don't they know how infallible Alice is? All of her visions could never amount to anything because of changes in decisions. But now she's like, oh, lucky Alice, she could trust her future. No, she can't. But she says she's staring at Edward, wishing more than anything that the future would never happen, that this moment would last forever or if it couldn't, that I would stop existing when it did. So she's still suicidal. And if you think that's a dramatic interpretation of what her thought processes are, she, she does reiterate it. She offers to go sit next to Alice because Edward looks thirsty. And then she says, I'd rather he killed me now than move one inch from where I was. So she'd rather be murdered by him than sit across the room from him. Sounds suicidal to me. And then she's telling us she has a million questions for him, but she doesn't want to ask any of them because it will ruin the moment. 
And she's just saying how she didn't want to think about his motivations and about why he acted this way. Is he just, you know, trying to keep her calm by being nice to her? He really rattled her self-confidence when he dumped her in the forest, that's for sure, because she's second-guessing everything, and she's just assuming that he's going to dump her as soon as they leave Volterra. I think she's ignoring the fact that he went to go and die because he thought she was dead. She hasn't processed that romantic gesture, if you can call it that, but she's just happy to lie in his arms and pretend. God, this bitch. And even though she's tired, she doesn't want to go to sleep because she doesn't want to miss a second of the time she had with him. (sighs) And she's lost track of time. But then Alec, Jane's little twin brother, he comes out and he's like, you guys can go now. So it must have been a few hours. And then Gianna, she says, follow the hallway, turn at the set of elevators, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, Gianna, you're pulling quite a long shift. Does Gianna get a break? I mean, she's human. She needs to go to the toilet. She needs to eat. But she's just been pulling the longest shift ever because she was there when they got there and now she's still there after they've been camping out in the lobby. Poor Gianna just burning the midnight oil. So they go outside, the party from that vampire festival still, still raging. And Edward can see some of the kids wearing the fake vampire teeth and he's like, ugh, ridiculous. Like, what a stereotype. Vampires don't really have teeth like that. We also glitter in the sun and we don't pee or sleep and we can eat garlic and we can touch crosses. So Edward's wildly offended by the stereotypes of vampires. (laughs) So then Alice steals another car and then they start driving to the airport. And Edward's sitting with Bella in the back seat and he's like, you can go to sleep now. And she's like, nah, she's lying that she's not tired. She says, I fought with my heavy lids and I won. She's just so determined to stare at this guy. Every moment she needs to be staring at him. Ugh. Like, Robert Pattinson's pretty. Yeah, I get it. But can he really be that pretty? So they go to Florence Airport. She brushes the teeth. Great. Good to know. And then they're on a plane ride to Rome to catch another connecting flight, which will take them to Atlanta, which will then get them onto a different connecting flight to get to bloody Seattle. And so on one of these planes, she asks the flight attendant for a Coke. And Edward says, Bella, disapprovingly. He's, <laughs> he knew my low tolerance for caffeine. Wow. Edward's just being so overprotective. She can't even order a Coke on a plane. And he's acting like she's ordered a Red Bull. Like it's just a Coke. And he's like, Bella, think of the caffeine. If the bitch wants to drink a Coke, let her drink a Coke. But I'm thinking at least, okay, so they're on the plane together. She's going to get some questions answered. She's going to get some information and clarity out of him, maybe some closure. But no, (laughs) she says, it would have been a very good time to talk to get the answers I needed. She said, we had an uninterrupted block of time ahead of us and he couldn't escape me on an airplane. And no one would hear us except Alice. It was late. Most of the passengers were asleep. Talk would help me fight off all the exhaustion. So she's just listed a lot of great reasons to have a conversation. But she says, I bit my tongue against the flood of questions. I hoped that by postponing the discussion, I could buy a few more hours with him at some later time. Spin this out for another night. Shehrazad style. What the fuck is Shehrazad? So Shehrazad is a major female character and the storyteller in the frame narrative of the Middle Eastern collection of tales known as 1001 Nights. That doesn't really tell me anything. 
oh, so apparently she's some bitch who's reading out a story um, and the king's going to kill her or something, so she keeps dragging out the story so he doesn't kill her. And then after A Thousand and One Nights, she's like, ugh, that's it. That's all the stories I've got. And the king's like, oh, I don't want to kill you now because I'm in love with you now. So she, she wanted to spin it out Shahrazad style. What an odd reference for a 17-year-old girl to make. And, like, I know she's into literature and stuff, but we all know when she was depressed, she didn't read a book, she didn't do anything, so I don't know where she's reading Middle Eastern literature. But she doesn't want to have the convo, so she says she kept drinking soda and resisting the urge to blink. Ugh. But she's super proud of herself because she's awake by the time they get to Atlanta, and then she's awake as they watch the sun beginning to rise over Seattle's cloud cover. (laughs) <laughs> and she's proud of herself, but then Edward like shuts the window because obviously he doesn't want to glimmer and shimmer on the plane. But that's establishing to me that it's daytime. It's, you know, mid-morning by the time they land. And who's waiting for them at the airport? All of the vampires, all of the Cullens. They all just ventured out into the sunlight to, to meet them at the airport. These vampires are just not afraid of an airport, are they? And so even Esme's there. They've even trotted Esme out. And she's like, how dare you, Edward? Don't put me through that ever again. And he's like, sorry, mum. <laughs> and Carlisle's like, oh, thanks, Bella. We owe you one. And she's like, hardly. And at this point, she is just dead on her feet. She can't even really like process or think clearly because she's so tired. Well, she's so dumb. Why did, oh God, she's so dumb. She says she's like practically asleep while she's walking to the car. Oh, she's so, oh, what an annoying character. She is so annoying. And then Rosalie and Emma are in the car and Edward's sort of snarling and Esme's like, she feels awful. And he's like, so she should. <laughs> I think Rosalie's copping too much blame for these shenanigans. And even Bella's like, it's not her fault. And yeah, it's not. It's Edward's fault, if anything. Edward just does not want to take any accountability. It's all Rosalie's fault for mentioning to him that Bella died. Well, like, okay, she still didn't make you go to Italy. And Rosalie goes to apologize and she just says, Edward. And Edward goes, I know, because, you know, he can read her mind. And then she says to Bella, I'm so very sorry, Bella. I feel wretched about every part of this. And I'm so grateful that you were brave enough to save my brother after what I did. Please say you'll forgive me. And she's like, yeah, sure, but it's not your fault. I'm the one who jumped off the damn cliff. Of course I forgive you. Yeah, you're the one that jumped off the damn cliff. And Edward's the one that assumed that you died and made a whole big thing about it. And then she falls asleep. Thank God she's asleep. And then they get to her house and she hears Charlie. Oh, Charlie is pissed. As you would be. As you would be. And he's like, I can't believe you have the nerve to show your face around here to Edward. And Bella's like, stop it, dad. (laughs) And of course, she looks drugged. She's like dead asleep on her feet and she's groaning and mumbling. And yeah, you would think she's probably been drugged or something. And he's like, what have you done to her? What's wrong with her? And Edward's like, she's just tired, Charlie. Please let her rest. It's like, okay, shut up, Edward. You don't get to tell him how to react. And Charlie says, don't tell me what to do. Give it to me. Get your hands off her. And Bella's like, cut it out, dad. Be mad at me. And it's like, well, no, he can be mad at Edward. And he should be mad at you as well, by the way. And Edward's like, just let me get her upstairs, then I'll leave. And then she's like, no. Oh, she starts panicking because she's going to have to say goodbye to her ex-boyfriend. Oh, God. And she says, I panicked. I hadn't gotten my answers yet. 
He had to stay for at least that much, didn't he? You could have also asked him on the plane. You also had hours in the lobby in Volterra. I mean, the human receptionist, she was probably eavesdropping, but she could have had a convo then. You've had a lot of opportunities, but no, it has to happen now. But then she falls asleep. <laughs> so that's the end of the chapter. God, what an annoying chapter. And then the next chapter is called The Truth. Ugh. And so this is just Edward revealing the truth that he never really hated Bella. He didn't dump Bella because he no longer liked her or loved her. He dumped her to protect her. And that's the big reveal. And, uh, well, yeah, we all knew that, right? Like, that's so freaking obvious, but it seems like Bella's convinced herself that Edward just legitimately didn't want to be with her. And it's like, oh, so he just coincidentally dumped you after Jasper almost killed you and he threw you into some plates and you got blood everywhere. Like, was that just a coincidence in your head, Bella? You just disconnected that incident from, from the breakup. I don't understand her. She's shocked when he reveals that he loves her all along. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But we start this chapter with her saying, I had the sense that I'd been asleep for a very long time. And she's talking about her dreams that she's just had. And oh my God, she does the most annoying thing. Well, like the second most annoying thing this whole chapter. These two chapters are just like a greatest hits of everything annoying Bella has ever done because she wakes up and she thinks she's still asleep. For the whole chapter, pretty much, she's like, I'm still dreaming. I have to be dreaming because you're so handsome and beautiful, Edward. And the fact that you're here must mean that I'm dreaming. It's like she never knows when she's awake or when she's asleep. 
But she should know it's not a dream because it, it, it doesn't conform to the pattern of dreams that she's had the whole freaking book. But she opens her eyes and she sees Edward and she thinks she's hallucinating. So then she's squeezing her eyes shut again and she's like, I must still be dreaming. I'm so close to waking up and then, and then my vision of Edward will be gone. And then I'll be so upset. So I have to stay asleep. And I'm like, bitch, you're awake. Like you just described waking up. And then she's thinking I should just wake myself up. Even though she's awake. She's like, if I just wake myself up now, then I'll like rip the bandaid off and it won't hurt me as much when he disappears. What? What is this logic? And so she opens up her eyes and she sees him again and she throws her fists over her eyes and she's like, oh, I've gone too far. It must have been a mistake to let my imagination get so out of hand because now my hallucinations have taken over. What? Just realize that you're awake and it's real. What is going on? And then she says it took less than half a second for me to realize that as long as I was truly insane now, I might as well enjoy the delusions while they were pleasant. So she's like, okay, I'm insane. And I think even Edward's getting pretty creeped out because he's like, um, did I frighten you? And she's like, huh, this was good. My delusions even got the voice correct. And she's like, wow, this was better than my hallucination when I was drowning. So we've just got pages and pages of her thinking that she's asleep or hallucinating. Like, oh, wake the fuck up. And then she realizes that maybe she did drown. She, and she says, oh, crap. And Edward's like, um, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, I'm dead, aren't I? I did drown. Oh, crap, crap, crap. This is going to kill Charlie. <laughs> Imagine if you did actually die. And there's an afterlife and you just go, oh, crap, crap, crap. <laughs> like that's your reaction. <laughs> oh, crap. I drowned, didn't I? Oh, whoops. Oh, well. And Edward's like, you're, you're not, you're not dead. And she's like, oh, really? Then why aren't I waking up? Like having a full conversation. And he's like, you, you are awake. And if I was Edward at this point, I would have been like, you know what? I'm not into you anymore. I actually will dump you for real again. Deuces. And Bella, she says, that's just what you want me to think. And then when I do wake up, well, if I wake up, which I won't because I'm dead. Oh no, this is so awful. Poor Charlie and Renee. What? So she, she thinks she's both dead and asleep at the same time. And then Edward, I guess, is just trying to play along. He's like, oh, well, I can see why you might confuse me with a nightmare but I can't imagine what you could have done to wind up in hell. And she's like, I'm obviously not in hell. If I was in hell, you wouldn't be with me. And then he's sighing. And I'm like, well, just pinch the bitch. Just pinch her and wake her the fuck up. And then it's, and then it's finally dawning on her that she might actually be awake and not hallucinating because she says her head was getting clearer. And then she slowly realized that Edward was really truly here and I was wasting time being an idiot. Oh God, we got there. We got there. Pages into the chapter, we got there. And then she's like, huh, so did all of that really happen then? And he's like, well, if you're referring to us nearly being massacred in Italy, then yes. (laughs) Best to wake her up with some honesty, I guess. And she says, huh, how strange. I really went to Italy. Did you know I've never been further east than Albuquerque? And on my first read of this, I was like, what are you talking about? You were like in Florida the other day with Alice. And then I remembered that was the fan fiction I read where Alice and Bella were dating. That didn't actually happen. She never really used that free ticket to Florida that she got given for her birthday. (laughs) 
And then I'm thinking like, wow, she really hasn't visited her mother in like a year and a half. Odd. That's always been odd how Renee just gets dropped from this series. Don't you think that's jarring? Like I know Renee was a shit mum, but like she never visited. And Edward is just like, um, maybe you should go back to sleep. You're not coherent. And she's like, I'm fine. I'm not tired anymore. How long have I been asleep? And he says, it's just after one in the morning. So about 14 hours. Oh boy, that's a, that's a big sleep. And she's like, oh, great. Well, where's Charlie? And he said, sleeping. You should probably know that I'm breaking the rules right now. Well, not technically, since he said I was never to walk through his door again. And I came in through the window. But still, the intent was clear. It's like, yes, the intent was clear, Edward. And she's pissed off. She says, Charlie banned you from the house. She says her disbelief quickly melting into fury. And then she was like, I'm so mad. I'm going to have a few words with my father. Perhaps it would be a good time to remind him that I was over the legal age of adulthood. Um, Bella, like, yeah, he, he banned your ex-boyfriend who sent you into a months-long depression, who just precipitated you leaving the country unannounced for a couple of days. He just banned that guy from, from the house. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Why is she getting so mad? And then she says to Edward, well, what's the story? And he's like, where? And she says, well, what am I going to tell Charlie? What's my excuse for disappearing? And he's like, well, I was actually hoping you might have a good explanation. I've got nothing. And she's like, ugh, fabulous. She's groaning. It's like, well, it it was your idea to leave. (laughs) Edward thought you were dead. I don't think he was really planning on you going to Italy. Poor Charlie, his best friend died. And on the day of the funeral, his daughter ditches town with just like a written note on the kitchen counter. (laughs) What a piece of shit that poor man. And Edward just says, well, maybe Alice will help us come up with something. And then they sort of drop it. I wonder if we ever do find out what she tells Charlie. And she's just thinking, ah, who cares what I had to deal with later? Every second that he was here was precious and not to be wasted because she's still under the presumption that he's going to leave any minute. Like read the room, Bella. He's just laid next to you while you were sleeping for 13 hours. I don't think he's going to be leaving again anytime soon. Just like pick up on his social cues. And so Bella says, well, what have you been doing up until three days ago? And he's like, oh, nothing exciting. And she's like, huh? And he's like, what? And she's like, well, if you were just a dream, that's exactly the kind of thing you would say. My imagination must be used up. Oh, so she still thinks he's a dream, even though they've been having a full conversation. And he's like, oh, fine. I was hunting. And she's like, is that the best you can do? That doesn't prove that I'm awake. Bitch, you're awake. You are awake. Oh my God, Edward is so patient. You'd have to be bloody inhuman to have this conversation with this dumb bitch. You'd have to be because, oh my God, I'm tearing my hair out just reading it. And he's like, well, I wasn't actually hunting for food. I was trying my hand at tracking, but I'm not very good at it. And she's like, well, what were you tracking? And he's like, hmm. And he says, look, I owe you an apology. I didn't realize the mess I was leaving behind. I thought it was safe for you here. I didn't even think of Victoria. Quite an oversight. He didn't even think of Victoria. (laughs) One of the wild vampires they ran into. One of three. And he didn't even think of her. Didn't, Didn't even cross his mind. He says when they first met, he was paying more attention to James's thoughts. And he says that he didn't see that she had this kind of response in her. That she even had such a tie to him. To James, that is. And I was like, ah, well, that's where Marcus's little talent would have come in handy. I bet he wished he could have read relationships. That would have been so handy for Edward to have. 
But he's saying, I didn't see the depth of their feeling. I didn't see the bond there. And then he says, oh, and then when I realized that I'd put your life in the hands of werewolves, immature, volatile, the worst things out there besides Victoria. Oh, please know that I had no idea about any of this. It's like, yeah, you fucked up, dude. You fucked up. And she's like, stop, stop beating yourself up. (laughs) And she's thinking like, oh, I've got to let him go. I don't want to be the source of guilt and anguish in his life. He should be happy no matter what it costs me. So then she like draws on all her months of practice trying to be normal with Charlie. And she says, Edward, but his name burned her throat a little on the way out. And she could feel the ghost of the hole waiting to rip itself wide again as soon as he disappeared. I'm sorry, but the phrase, the ghost of the hole, just really tickled me. (laughs) It's just such a natural phrase, isn't it? Oh, the ghost of the hole. What? She says, Edward, this has to stop. You can't think about things that way. Don't let this guilt rule your life. You can't take responsibility for the things that happened to me. None of it is your fault. Um, I mean, it kind of is. Kind of is. She says, it's just part of how life is for me. She's like, if I were to die from like a bus accident, you can't go running off to Italy because you feel bad that you didn't save me. Even if I had jumped off the cliff to die, that would have been my choice, not your fault. What is this logic? Oh my goodness. And he says, Isabella Marie Swan. (laughs) Why he's given her the full name treatment, I'm not too sure. And he says, do you believe that I asked the Volturi to kill me because I felt guilty? And she's like, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. And he's like, feel guilty? Intensely so. And she's like, well, yeah, so what are you getting at? And he says, Bella, I went to the Volturi because I thought you were dead. Even if it wasn't my fault, I would have still gone to Italy, obviously. And then he's talking about Romeo and oh my God, just going around in circles. And she still doesn't get it. She's like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, don't you remember what I told you? And she says, I remember everything that you told me. Which is true. She has an unparalleled good memory. She remembers every bit of dialogue that's ever been said to her. But like, yeah, doesn't she remember? He's like, oh, if you died, I would have gone to Italy just like Romeo and killed myself because I didn't want to live without you. Like that was so clear. We all picked up on that illusion. We were all getting the Romeo and Juliet allegory here, except Bella didn't, (laughs) went right over her head. And he's like, oh God, okay, Bella, you seem to be under a misapprehension. And that's when he says, Bella, I can't live in a world where you don't exist. And she's confused. And she says, I'm confused. (laughs) God. And that's when he says, Bella, I'm a good liar. And of course, the ghost of the hole starts acting up in her chest, whatever. And he's like, I'm a liar. When I was in the forest telling you goodbye, I realized you weren't going to let go. And I could see that and I didn't want to do it. But I felt like I had to convince you that I didn't love you anymore just so you would go on and get on with your life. God, it's convoluted when you really say it out plainly, isn't it? And he's like, I never thought it would be so easy to convince you that I didn't love you. (laughs) He says, "I, I lied to save you and it didn't work. I'm sorry, but how could you believe me? He says, after all the thousand times I've told you I love you, how could you let one word break your faith in me? Like she can't win. He's like, oh, I lied to you. I intentionally wanted to hurt your feelings just so I could break up with you, but also, how could you believe me? It's on you for believing my lies. He's such a gaslighter. And he's like, it's so ridiculous actually that you believed me. I can't believe you believed me. What an absurd, ridiculous concept. As if there were any way that I could exist without needing you. And it's like, yeah, mate, you lied. 
stop blaming her for believing your lies. And he says, Bella, really, what were you thinking? Oh my goodness. He is just really going in for the gaslight. And she's starting to figure out that he still loves her. And I I don't know what tipped her off, the fact that he said it 10 times in 10 different ways. And she says, I knew it. I knew I was dreaming. Oh God, we're back to square bloody one. And Edward's like, oh my God, bitch. You are not asleep. You are not dead. I am here and I love you. I always loved you and I will always love you. So he's really got to break it down into monosyllables just to get her to figure out that she's awake. And I guess it's meant to be romantic, but I I think it's a bit condescending. And she's just crying and he's like, oh my God, why don't you believe me? Why don't you believe me? And I'm like, well, you just admitted you're a liar. Maybe that's why she's got a guard up. But she says, oh, it never made sense for you to love me. I always knew that. And he's like, oh, geez. And he says, I'll prove that you're awake. And I'm thinking, yes, he's finally going to pinch her. But no, he goes to kiss her. And she's like, hold up, hold up. She's like, it's going to be too hard for me when I wake up. If you've kissed me. Oh, my God. She still thinks she's, oh, she's so dumb. And he's like, oh, no, is it because I'm too late? Have I hurt you too much? Have you moved on? Then he says, oh, I guess that's fair enough, considering I dumped you in the forest and told you I didn't love you. But just like, let me know if you've moved on and I'll respect your decision. But just like, just tell me. And she's like, of course I love you. There's nothing you can do about it. And he's like, oh, that's all I need to hear. And then they're making out. Oh, as far as declarations of love go, it's pretty shit. And she says, as soon as they kissed, her will crumbled into dust. Hmm. Okay. And she says, ah, well, if I was going to rip myself up further, I might as well get as much in trade as possible. So she's like, yeah, let's make out with my little dream ghost boyfriend. So they have a little make out session and then she's lying there dizzy. (laughs) And he says, by the way, I'm not leaving you. I'm not going anywhere, not without you. I only left you because I wanted you to have a chance at a normal life, blah, blah, blah. He's just saying the same things over and over again. And I'll, I'll never do this again because I just, you know, I can't leave you unprotected again. But he could declare his love a million times and she'd still be this insecure mess because she's like, yeah, you could mean it now, but what about tomorrow when I'm old and ugly and you're still young and pretty? That's what it always comes down to for Bella. She just wants to be a vampire and she's so afraid of aging. Oh my God, this is the sappiest little chapter. The writing is just so days of our lives. He's like, please listen to what I'm trying to tell you, Bella. Before you, my life was like a moonless night. Very dark, but there were stars. And then you shot across my sky like a meteor. Suddenly everything was on fire. There was beauty. And then when you were gone, when the meteor had fallen over the horizon, everything went to black. It's like, well, okay, she... She never left. You're the one that left. And he says, nothing had changed, but my eyes were blinded by the light and I couldn't see the stars anymore. There was no more reason for anything. And oh my God, what a load of bullshit. And then she's like, your eyes will adjust. (laughs) She reminds me of that song from um, Rent. Will you light my candle? Where she's like, your eyes will adjust. Thank God for the moon. Maybe it's not the moon at all. I hear Spike Lee shooting down the street. Bah humbug. Now that's a love story. Roger and Mimi, I'd rather read about them and shitty metaphors than Bella and Edward with shitty metaphors. There I said it. So he's just trying to get the sympathy vote saying how much heartache he was in, even though his heart doesn't beat, how much heartache and agony he was experiencing while he was away from her. And again, it was your decision. 
You're the one that left and you could have easily come back. So I'm not feeling sorry for you, bud. But of course she feels sorry for him and she's like, oh my God, I felt the same way. And she's like, so tracking wasn't a good distraction for you then. And he's like, oh no, it wasn't a distraction. It was more of an obligation. And she's like, what do you mean? And he says, oh, it's because I was trying to track Victoria, but I was horrible at it. I traced her as far as Texas, but then I followed a false lead down to Brazil. But really she was in Forks the whole time. Man, how do you screw up that? (laughs) She's been in Forks for a while because the werewolves have been tracking her for a while. And he was in Brazil, you know, quite recently. That's where he found out about Bella jumping off the cliff. So he really wasted a lot of time in Brazil. Like that's really far off the track. Like you can say you're bad at tracking and I'd be like, oh yeah, he's bad at tracking. But like to go to Brazil when she's in Seattle, that's, that's a pretty big distance. But Bella, she's like, oh my God, you were hunting Victoria. You can't hunt Victoria. She's dangerous. (laughs) Why she thinks Victoria is the most dangerous thing in the whole entire earth even though she's just met Jane, who's completely more dangerous. Oh, it doesn't make sense to me. And Edward pretty much promises that he will kill Victoria eventually. And she's like, that's out of the question. That's insanity. Even if you had Emmett and Jasper to help, even then it would be terrible for him to go after Victoria because it would be so dangerous. And mate, they killed James fine. And she says, I couldn't bear to picture Edward there, even though he was so much more durable than my half-human best friend. Again, that's not the case, and you know that's not the case. The werewolves killed Laurent. They're just as durable as the vampires. (sighs) The whole vampire-werewolf-human pecking order, she's just so confused by it. Like, babe, it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. Just go with the numbers. I'm pretty sure the six werewolves and the six Cullens can take down Victoria and you need to take a chill pill. Take a Xanax and calm down, as Ramona Singer would say. Amazing thing. Take a Xanax. My husband. Calm down. We all have calm down. And then Bella's like, you know what? Let's not worry about Victoria. She's not actually my biggest problem right now. And Edward's like, oh, I know those werewolves, gross. And she's like, no, they're not a problem either. My biggest problem is the Volturi. And Edward's like, them? What are you worried about them for? And like, maybe because they just threatened to come visit Forks if you didn't turn her into a vampire. Uh, And she saw them kill like 40 people in like the space of minutes. But Edward sorts that out. He's like, oh, they think about time differently. He says they treat years like days. Yeah, they'll come visit, but that could be a while away. He says, I wouldn't be surprised if you were 30 before you crossed their minds again. And horror washes through her. New paragraph, 30, end paragraph. And then she's literally feeling horrified at the thought of turning 30. And as a 30-year-old, I just want to say to Stephanie Meyer, get fucked. (laughs) You're being such a rude ageist bitch, Stephanie Meyer. There's nothing wrong with being 30. And Edward's like, oh, I'll never leave you, Bella. And she's like, but you said 30. And then she's crying about being 30. She says, you're going to stay, but you're going to let me get all old anyway. And I'm like, babe, 30's not old. 30's the new 20, I'll have you know. I'm 30 and I feel like a freaking spring chicken. Yes, my knee hurts when it rains, but I still feel like a spring chicken most of the time. And I think you're being ageist, Bella slash Steph. And he's like, yeah, obviously I'm going to leave you human until you're at least 30. I'm not going to destroy your soul. 
<sighs> and of course she doesn't take that news well. Oh God. She just wants to be a vampire so badly. And she's like, well, what about when I get so old that people think I'm your mother or your grandmother? And he's like, oh, that doesn't mean anything to me. Age is just a number, blah, blah, blah. You will always be the most beautiful thing in my world. (laughs) I doubt it. And she's like, you do realize I'll die eventually, right? And he says, yeah, I'll follow after as soon as I can. And she's like, that is seriously sick. Um, okay, but it's not a shock because he just went to go kill himself because he thought you were dead. Like, are you forgetting the events of like a day ago? No, just, just that slipped your mind. So they're having a standoff over what to do with the Volturi. She just wants to become a vampire. He wants to keep a human because of her soul or something. And she's like, I've had enough of this. I'm leaving. And I'm thinking, oh, so you finally realize that you're awake. That's a good step. We're, in, we're heading in the right direction. And he's like, where are you going? And she says, I'm going to your house. And he's like, what? That's crazy. How are you going to get there? She says, my truck. And he's like, your truck's very loud. It'll wake up Charlie. And she's like, "Ugh." She's like, yeah, but I'm already grounded. What's the worst that could happen? And Edward blocks the door so she can't get past it. And she says, I frowned and turned for the window. It wasn't really that far to the ground and it was mostly grass beneath. So her plan is to jump out the window. Um, sure. Even though like, just a few chapters ago, remember Jacob snuck in through the, through the window and he almost fell off a tree and she got really worried that he would fall to his death. And then she pushed him out of the window. And then she was like, oh my God, he's probably dead because I pushed him out the window. So she knows it's upper height. She knows it's dangerous, but no, she's seriously considering jumping out the window. And Edward falls for a bluff and he's like, all right, I'll, I'll give you a ride. And she's like, well, that's good. Cause you should be there too. And he's like, why is that? And she's like, because I'm sure you'll want a chance to air your views. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she says, this isn't just about you anymore. You're not the center of the universe, you know. And then she says in narration, my own personal universe was, of course, a different story. (laughs) Well, obviously, you were riding bikes to see visions of him. I wonder if she's ever going to tell him that that's why she jumped off the cliff to see to see the vision of him. (laughs) I wouldn't be bringing it up. If I was Bella, I'd be keeping that close to my chest. And she says, if you're going to bring the Volturi down on us over something as stupid as leaving me human, then your family ought to have a say. And he says, a say in what? And she says, my mortality. I'm putting it to a vote. (laughs) God, what a last ditch attempt to become a vampire. And that's the end of the chapter. My goodness. And so the next chapter, what do you think it's called? Stephanie's very good at coming up with imaginative titles. It's called Vote. I'm putting it to a vote. Next chapter, vote. It's just so on the nose. So yeah, how do we think they're all going to vote? I guess we'll find out next week. I'll see you then for the final chapter and the epilogue of New Moon. Thank God we're almost getting to the end. Thank God, what a slog. This last chapter in particular, just the verbal gymnastics we were going through for them both to get on the same page. God, I was at the end of my tether. I was about to jump out of Bella's window if you get my drift. Anyway, I'll see you next week. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. 
You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Be reading. 